the Two Horse Trader podcast, anything discussed here, our own views, please do your own research on any stock we discuss and get your own financial advice before investing in any stock or cryptocurrency. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Two Lost Traders podcast on today, Thursday, the 11th of November. I'm here with my good friend, Travis Clayton. On today's show, we will go over the major financial news and events that might affect your stocks and shares and your cryptocurrencies. Then we've got our To the Moon and To the Floor segment, find a couple of stocks that have um, gone up uh, a good amount in the last week or so, and one that's gone the other way. We'll do our What's Hot on Hot Copper, where we talk about the most discussed stocks on the Hot Copper forum. And then Travis is gonna do his crypto wrap. We'll give you a stock to add to your watch list. And then finally, we'll do our seven day beat the bank, try and find a stock that will beat the bank interest in seven days time. So stay tuned guys and listen to today's show. Okay guys, welcome back. Um, first of all, today's uh, major financial news events. Well, first of all, uh, oil prices uh, down 3% overnight. Um, some of the uh, stocks like Woodside have gone down as a result. A lot of companies have got their AGMs today. So it'll be interesting to see what plays out with them, including companies like BHP, AGM today. Another one um, to be wary of is what's happened with Tesla. Elon Musk has put out an announcement on Twitter, asked, well not an announcement, but he's asking on Twitter his followers whether he should sell 10% of his Tesla stock in order to pay a large tax bill he's likely to get from the US government. An interesting thing, it, it affected the market um, quite a lot with lots of related companies, anything in the battery metals um, markets have gone down. Uh, Tesla itself was down over 10% as a result. So yeah, one tweet from the richest man in the world can send a lot of companies' share price south. Um, Trav, what else have you got in the overnight news? Well, we're still in that debate over whether we have inflation or stagflation. And, you know, there are a lot of market participants who are asking this question, well, which is it? And one of the problems that we're finding is that even though we've got wage growth occurring all around the world, uh, it's, it's not increasing enough to match the inflation that we're recording. So it's not keeping up with price inflation, which is, is significantly rapid. Now, up until recently, well, not even recently, what we're finding is that there have been all sorts of claims about whether the inflation we're witnessing now is what they call transient, meaning that it's short term and that prices will come back down to average out at, a, at a, about a 2% rate of inflation but it looks like price inflation is getting away from the pundits, the economic experts. And so we're going to have to wait and see what happens in terms of inflation, or whether we actually get stagflation, because I'm not sure that we can afford in our paychecks to be paying these exorbitant prices we're seeing across the board at the moment. In other news, Biden's proposing um, a way to uh, uh, deal with inflation. He's suggesting that what we need to do is increase energy supply to counter the biggest contributor to inflation, which is energy inflation. So that's your oil, 
uh, gas prices, petrol prices, things like that. So, you know, on one side of the coin, he's saying, you know, we need to uh, increase energy supply. And on the other side, he's saying we need to, well, of course, none of those things are environmentally friendly. So that's a real policy uh, conundrum he's found himself in. Um, but at the same time, he's pushing through this infrastructure spending bill, uh, which I think is in the range of about $1.7 trillion worth of spending. Uh, a lot of that won't come through until 2024. So that's way down the track. Either way, every time uh, Biden opens his mouth, it's, uh, it's not giving markets much confidence. His approval ratings are through the floor at the moment, and so are Kamala Harris. So these are, these are really important questions to ask. There's been a lot of talk also about the post-pandemic recovery being on track and everything going well. Well, the economic indicators are telling us that that's just not the case. But the, probably the biggest concern would be that inflationary spike we're witnessing right now. In other news, we've got the Chinese property sector, it's still giving markets grief. A lot of the other property developers in China, apart from Evergrande, are also beginning to show signs of contagion. And this is just not going away. Uh, today, what is today? Thursday, the 11th of November. And we're seeing, uh, just yesterday, Evergrande missed yet another one of its interest payments. And that has led to them officially declaring that they have defaulted on their obligations to pay debts. So this will unfold. It is not over. There's a long way to go. China is the world's second largest economy and it, this just won't go unnoticed. Now, does this mean that that, would, that event is going to lead to a major market meltdown? I don't think so. What will happen is the Chinese government will step in. They will step in and they will buy uh, and pay for those bonds and the interest on those bonds, and we'll have to wait and see how much they actually step in to prop up Evergrande et al. In other news, we've seen US bond yields up significantly overnight. The 10-year, I think, was up 7%, which is a fairly significant number. It's not the biggest we've seen in recent times, but it does indicate that we are moving into a risk-off move in markets generally. This has been supported by the fact that the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 in America overnight fell. And to me, looking at the chart of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, to me, it looks like we are in for some downtime for at least, oh, at least a few days. And we'll have to wait and see where it bottoms out. But nevertheless, uh, it might be a time to step aside with markets at the moment and just wait and see how that plays out. That's what's happening in overnight markets. That's pushing stocks around and we'll have to wait and play it by ear. Okay, great. Thanks for that, Chad. Um, let's go to our To The Moon and To The Floor segment. A couple of stocks that are up uh, over 30% in the last few days. One was Chalice Mining, CHN. Now, I'm just going to hold off on that one because it's also one of the most talked about stocks on hot copper. So we'll get to that when we get to that uh, segment. So anyway, up 30% Chalice Mining. Another one up was LCK, Lee Creek Energy. Um, they were up 33% yesterday. Um, they've got gas projects going on and also big in the fertilizer market. Um, at the moment, fertilizer is at a record price um, and there is a shortage of fertilizer. Um, so LCK is heavily involved in that. They've also got the production of Siemens power generators. Um, it's one of those where it hasn't actually gone up 30% off 
an announcement straight away, but I just think the market picking up on all the things that they've got going on and being undervalued. Um, Lee Creek Energy, the market found it yesterday up 33%. Um, one that went the other way uh, to the floor was PPH, that is push pay. Um, there's lots of uh, these companies obviously kicking around now. Uh, this one had slowing revenue growth and their forward guidance was cut by 5%. Um, like I said, yeah, a lot of players in that space at the moment and one that went down 15% um, was PPH Pushpay. And the other one to the floor was Novonics, that's NVX. Um, they're a battery cell uh, company with so many partnerships and, and things going on. Um, they did have uh, probably just a bit of profit taking from all time highs. So nothing um, to get too worried about, I wouldn't think with their 14% down price. Um, yeah, combination of, of profit taking it was a red day all round yesterday in that space. Um, a lot of it, as we talked about before, as a result of Elon's um, tweeting and Tesla going down 10%. This Novonics is, is one of the major battery cell companies, so a flow-on effect to them. So I wouldn't be too disheartened if I owned NVX Novonics, um, but was down 14% yesterday, Trevor. Well, it's pretty significant and we'll likely see further falls today and possibly over the next few days until this finds a floor and uh, hence why we call the segment to the floor. So, yep, see how it goes. All right. Uh, now we'll get on to our what's hot on cop, hot copper. I think you want to start, Trav, with one that's being discussed, ADN. Well, ADN, Andromeda Resources. This is a company that doesn't usually get discussed a lot on hot copper, but uh, certainly yesterday when we did our analysis, Andromeda was being uh, discussed quite significantly. Andromeda and Minotaur have announced that they will join forces to create Australia's leading industrial minerals and technologies company. So the nut of it all is that Andromeda will acquire Minotaur with an off-market takeover. Uh, the prize in all of this is the Great White Kaolin Project. The merged company will offload its copper and gold assets into a separate entity. And I'm sure that other miners in the district would be interested in getting their hands on it. So don't be surprised if we see those assets sold off to interested parties. The folks on Hot Copper love the Androm that Andromeda is building a significant resource with a scope for project expansion. And that's exactly what this acquisition does. Now the price yesterday, once this announcement came out, tanked 17%. And that's just on the news. Uh, and so we're gonna have to take a bit of pain here, I think short term, until it decides to find where fair value is in uh, the KLM projects they've acquired. Once we see this, we should see price appreciation once the dust settles in on this transaction. Now the timing of this is interesting too, because as I said earlier, if we in fact see markets generally head down over the next two weeks, that two week deadline might actually be a time when Andromeda finds itself a flaw and begins to rally from that point forward. And uh, that would just be the, the nature of cycles in, in, in shares. So yeah, very, very exciting news for Andromeda holders. Yeah, okay. Uh, the next one is CHN, Chalice Mining. Um, 
geez, this company has just gone great guns in the last 18 months. Actually, the best performing mining stock on the ASX 200 last year, Trap. Um, some amazing discoveries and, um, well, they've just found another one. They've just found the largest platinum group elements discovery in Australian history, um, which has sent the share price from just above $6 to $9.13, up 30%. Um, so great increase um, in share price. Um, the other thing they've done is they've also discovered the largest nickel sulfide discovery in the last 20 years. Um, so amazing um, results from, from their drilling at Chalice Mining. Uh, share price, Trav, in the last 18 months is up 50 times. Um, so another one that would have been great to get in 18 months ago, um, but with these latest um, results, yeah, up 30% recently, not sure how much. I think there might be a little bit more to play in the in the upward trend on this one, CHN Chalice Mining. So yeah, as a result, it's a very popular discussion topic on hot copper. And certainly the size of those resources give a lot of scope for improvement going forward. That doesn't mean that that will happen immediately. It might take a few months. Maybe they need to prove up the resource a little more. And then I think eventually we'll start to see Chalice Mining really get some um, get some traction and head higher. Yeah, well, the market cap currently trades 3.2 billion, um, but with the discoveries they've got, maybe no reason this couldn't be a five to $10 billion company in the next few years. And you double your money. So very, very exciting there for Chalice Mining. Um, the next one we'll take a look at is uh, Greenland Minerals Limited. Now, this is an interesting company. It's listed on the ASX Stock Exchange, but its project's actually in Greenland, and it's one of significant size. The project contains rare earth products with some byproducts, including uranium, zinc, and fluorspar. However, earlier this year, Greenland had its uh, federal elections in which the Green Party won that election. Now, their party policies are not mining friendly, and so Greenland Minerals tanked at the outcome of the election. Now, since that time, the share price has been trying to find fair value. And price in these changed circumstances means that uh, it's really just trying to sort itself out. Now, in all of that, the Greenland Green Party has announced that they are going to change legislation. Um, and that legislation uh, is regarding uranium. So the company is now in a trading hold pending the announcement on that legislation. Now, most of the chatter on hot copper is about the political ramifications and discussion of whether this project will ever even go ahead, given Greenland's position on uranium mining. It seems to me when this trading hold ends, the price of Greenland Mineral Limited is going to move significantly up or down. So it's worth keeping an eye on. Would you make a move? based on the outcome. Certainly if it went up, I wouldn't even look at, at, uh, at buying that opportunity. I'd wait for, a, I'd give it time, let it settle and then take another look at it. If it moves down, I'd definitely stay away from Greenland Minerals. All right, that's GGG, Greenland Minerals Limited. Um, the last one I'm gonna talk about here is LPD, Lapidica. Um, this is a lithium company um, looking to get from mining to battery chemicals. Um, this one really has had some highs and lows over the years. Um, it's got projects in Australia, Canada, and Portugal. 
Um, market cap 325 million. Uh, last year, this share price really did nothing. It was under a cent. Uh, I remember it being 0.07, and it just banks between that and 0.08 for a long time. It had nothing going on, but geez, in the last six months, that has changed. Price now is five cents per share. Market cap of yeah, 325 million. Um, they're in a trading halt at the moment, possibly um, because of the, the rise in share price off no news. It's gone up a lot, 7 8% every single day. Um, so maybe they're just trying to beat a speeding ticket from the ASX. And now, so we're waiting on, on the announcement to come out. They are in a trading halt. All they've written on the announcement of the trading halt is that uh, they're going to announce regarding the market speculation. Um, the talk on hot copper is of a potential processing facility in Abu Dhabi going ahead. Um, so a partnership in the UAE would be a massive thing with the money there. Um, any lithium company that can get from mine, mining to battery chemical over there um, could be really big. So yeah, trading halt at the moment. Um, a lot of people have been buying this recently. So whether there's a bit of a leak um, of what's going on. Yeah, talk on hot copper is this partnership in Abu Dhabi might be the announcement, but, but then again, they may come out and, and just say there's nothing going on and the share price could tank the other way based on all the buying recently of very little news. That's LPD Lapidico, Trev. It could be a capital raising. Well, that's true. So, you know, that wouldn't be good for the share price, but maybe good for the company. So yeah, I mean, very, very encouraging anyway. Um, all right, we'll get on to your crypto wrap this week, Trev. A lot happening in the crypto space in the last seven days. Well, James, the more I look into cryptocurrencies, the more excited I get by them. The, I mean, anyone who's, you know, looking at cryptocurrencies and doesn't understand cryptocurrencies, I think it's really important that we've now moved beyond the point where cryptocurrencies are just something that's a trend. We're seeing the blockchain technology being implemented in everyday lives, in companies, in other technologies, uh, in uh, internet, in networking te television, and so forth. So it's no longer a case of, you know, is this technology ever going to make it? It's already implemented, it's already happening, and it's the way of the future. So it's to suggest that, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum are going to crash through the floor and become something that was a trend, you know, 20 years ago, I think people are mis, uh, misunderstanding the cryptocurrency space. But nevertheless, we've seen quite a range in the price of action of cryptocurrencies this week. Um, Bitcoin and Ethereum both broke out and have held themselves above that breakout point. So, you know, this is positive, um, despite the fact that most other cryptocurrencies were down last night, you might see that as a buying opportunity. Um, I guess that's the question, isn't it? Are cryptocurrencies a buy right now? Well, the breakout in Bitcoin was not decisive. I don't consider it to be decisive. We didn't see, for example, a 10% move up. We saw a 1.5% move up above that previous breakout point. So the line in the sand for me is US $64,000 for Bitcoin. If we hold above $64,000, I'm very bullish on uh, Bitcoin. So if we can hold above 64,000, I think we can probably see that we'll see new highs above 70,000. If that happens, I think we're headed much higher, possibly up to $100,000 US for Bitcoin. Now in Australian dollars, well, what do you think the price is, James? Of Bitcoin? Yeah, in Australian dollars. Uh, well, what 
whatever the um, ratio to the US dollar is, what's it add an extra 25%? Well, I can, I can tell you that the, that's $90,000 yeah. for an Australian Bitcoin. And the breakout point for the Australian dollar is $88,000. So, you know, can we get to $100,000? Well, I'd say if the US price gets to $100,000 in Australia, we're probably looking at somewhere in the range of $120,000 to $130,000 for one Bitcoin. So that's pretty considerable. Um, now, separate to that, on the other hand, altcoins, so all coins other than those major um, high market cap coins, in general, they've not actually been able to move very much. In fact, some cases they've moved downwards. And so that's a bit of a concern. This divergence is, I don't consider that to be very positive in terms of the overall market space, but we've had periods of time in the past where Bitcoin and Ethereum have outperformed other coins, other altcoins. Now, also that's interesting is that cryptocurrencies in general move in the opposite direction to the US dollar. So if the US dollar rallies, cryptocurrencies generally fall. And what we've seen is that the US dollar has in fact rallied and broken out of a range that's been going on for around about probably five months. And that just happened last night. Now that might indicate that the US dollar might continue to rally and therefore we would see falls in cryptocurrencies, which is going to act as a headwind for both Bitcoin, Ethereum, or other alt currencies as we go forward. So there, I think the appreciation of cryptocurrencies, at least for the next few weeks, uh, will be subdued, but we'll have to wait and see. That's the crypto wrap, James. All right, awesome, thanks, Joe. Um, let's get on to a couple of stocks to add to people's watch list. Hopefully um, you've paid attention to these over the last few weeks because, yeah, we've had a few that we've tipped you into on the watch list go great guns, um, such as uh, AVZ, LEL, a couple of those lithium companies that have gone up considerably in the last few weeks. Uh, today, I am going to give you one called Marmota. That is M-E-U. Um, and maybe something a little bit strange of the theory that no news and a stable share price is good news. Um, I, I'm really surprised that with the very lack of news this company has put out, um, that the share price, geez, it's remained rock solid. Other um, companies, this is a, a gold explorer um, that also has a uranium project near Broken Hill, um, but many other companies that have provided the news that Marmota has, which is very little, would have seen their share price over the last year be down 30, 40, maybe 50%. And this one has not moved. I think because um, the potential news coming out um, could be great. Uh, they've got drilling results to come out on the gold project, um, some resource size estimations, financing. So the price is just held tight with people just waiting for the news um, and no one's selling out. It's rock solid um, between that kind of 4.4 and 5 cent mark. Um, so MEU Marmoda. Yeah, I really think once the news starts flowing, um, this one should head upwards because um, with, with the lack of news, I would have predicted that it would be a lot further south than it is. Um, obviously, the news could be bad, but um, it seems that the market thinks that, yeah, the news could be good for MEU, -E sorry, Marmota. So keep an eye on that one. And just on Marmota too, you know, this is ground floor entrance level stuff we're talking about here. Uh, they don't have any infrastructure at their, at their uh, exploration tenements uh, in South Australia. So 
you know, they're really at that really early stage exploration, shore up the resource. And what's interesting about Marmona is that they're in the vicinity of other large scale gold mining projects that have occurred. So they're in elephant territory, but it's a matter of whether or not they hit some of those uh, high grade results that'll really kick it along. That's right. Well, well, with this, we're looking for the next one to be the next DEG degree. That's that, correct. That, you know, a couple of years ago would have been an MEU and is now um, at the point of almost producing, yeah. And a year ago, their uranium deposits were basically not priced in at all yeah. because uranium was in the toilet and That's nobody right. really cared. But uranium is actually really, really strong at the moment in terms of its price. And so all of a sudden, what they thought was a, a project worth nothing is now worth quite a bit. Yeah, um, but I guess with that, they've got to work out whether they are, you know, are they a gold explorer or are they going to switch to, to uranium? Um, well, I guess the results will decide what they do with that. Yep. Okay, next one is uh, red resources. This is one for the watch list. Uh, decide to act on it, do not. You do your own due diligence, it's your call. Uh, but I think this one's worth taking a look at. They're located in Kalgoorlie, they're a gold miner. Um, they have three mining centers that they're currently working on. Uh, all of them are to the north of Kalgoorlie. They have a processing plant at their most northern gold mine. It's called the Dalit Gold Mine. And um, the problem for them is that of the other two uh, mining sites they have, all of the gold that they pull out of the ground needs to be transported 90 kilometers to the north to the processing plant. And this has really hurt their bottom line. In fact, their, their cost of mining the gold, processing the gold and, and transporting the, the ore body to the site to be processed um, is actually higher than the, the price they're achieving when they sell the product. So they're actually going backwards. Now you might say, well, why would you recommend a stock that's going backwards in terms of their profitability? Well, here's the good news. They've also decided that, um, and this has been going on for quite a while, that they're going to build a second processing plant at their very large King of the Hills mining project. And, and this will cut costs significantly. They will no longer have to transport their ore body material to 90 kilometres to the north in order to process it. This should significantly reduce costs and make them quite profitable. So very, very exciting. The current costs are approximately 2,600 Australian dollars per ounce and this new processing facility and that the fact that they don't have to transport the ore will bring down that price from 2,600 down to 1,450 per ounce, netting them uh, essentially a, as prices stand today, $1,000 per ounce cash bonus or free cash flow. And so there's plenty of uh, upside there and plenty of exploration upside too around the King of the Hills mines. They don't believe that they've discovered all the gold that's, that's actually a part of that uh, tenement. So, you know, very exciting. They've got a 13 year life of mine uh, at present that could obviously be uh, increased if they discover more, mine, more uh, gold in the ground. And I consider this to be a very compelling option to your watch list. That is R-E-D or Red Resources Limited. All right, awesome. Thanks, Trav. Okay, on to our seven-day beat the bank uh, segment, trying to find a stock that in seven days will beat the bank interest. Uh, we'll just go over last week's. If you remember, we uh, went large caps and um, Travis was pretty hot on BHP, um, was $36.11 a week ago, Trav. Bad news, $35.74. So just around 40 cents down. Um, whereas Flight Center, um, FLT, that um, I brought to you at $20.10 is currently $20.64. Uh, 
up 54 cents, definitely beating the bank interest. So the title belt is going to go home with me this week, Trev. Yes, nothing to say. Iron ore prices fell further, which didn't help BHP. All right. Well, let's see if you can pull it back this week. You go first. What have you got? Well, it's interesting. I've gone with a very large gold miner, Northern Star Resources. The code for that is NST. Now, I've taken the safe option this week. You know, there are probably other stocks out there I could have put in here that may go up further. But, you know, this is a really good, safe bet. I just, after last week's disappointment with BHP, you know, I was gutted. I was wrenched. And I really wanted to go with something that would give me at least a chance to beat the bank, let alone beat young James Pozo here. So we'll, um, we'll hope for the best. Uh, it is heavily oversold. Um, it's one of Australia's largest gold mining companies. As I said, the forecast sales for this financial year are around 1.5 million ounces to be sold at around $1,500. Uh, that's their in, all in sustaining costs, sorry. That's not what they're, they're selling at. They're selling it around, because they hedge their, their forward ga uh, gold sales, uh, they're hedged at around 2,400. So there's plenty of uh, profitability in that. Uh, they currently have $262 million uh, in debt, which is easily paid given those metrics I just mentioned in terms of like the money they can make. Uh, they also have one of the highest hedge prices of all the big gold miners in Australia. So that's, that's a healthy margin. I think that holds them in good stead. I think this is a sure bet. Uh, gold price appreciation is upon us, okay? I think in the last three days, it's up $135 per ounce. So that's, that's added straight on to their bottom line. And um, I, I like that. So the increase in margin is very exciting for Northern Star Resources. I look forward to seeing the quarterly report in January. I think this is gonna be very healthy going forward, particularly if we continue to see high gold prices in Australia. All right, well, NST currently trapped $10.14. So that's what you've got to beat in seven days' time. I'm going to go the other way, um, a much smaller company, um, but I also think is oversold. It's GBR, Great Boulder Resources, uh, gold explorer in Western Australia, market cap of only $50 million. A few weeks ago, they really hit the bonanza with their drill results at their Mulga Bill project um, took the share price from under five cents all the way to 20 cents. Um, they've had a couple of results since, which have been good, um, not quite the bonanza, but you're not going to hit that every single time. Uh, the share price is currently 14 cents. I think there's been too much of a sell off on this one. Um, as we talked about before, you know, trying to find the next uh, potential DEG. I think GBR is one of the better gold explorers out there. Um, 14 cents at the moment, I reckon Trav, within seven days, this will be somewhere between 15 and 20 cents. I think it's been uh, sold off a bit more than it should have. The only negative on this one, I guess, is that when you've got these companies um, with these small market gaps that are fan stuff, you look to see who the shareholders are. There's no big institutions in there as their shareholders, no city banks or any of these other big um, big operators, but that's not gonna phase me. 14 cent current price, I'm looking for, yeah, somewhere between 15 and 20 cents in the next seven days to wipe out your NST pick, Trav. Yes, I think you've, you've <laughs> got a good chance there. Uh, I didn't put a price target in for Northern Star, and I'm gonna go with $10.80, okay. and only because that's a random number, why not? Yeah. But I just, before we uh, say goodbye to everyone, James, I just wanted to say congratulations on your ASN call 
Ants and resources. That's turned out to be a real winner. Yeah, Trav. Uh, well, I think it's got a lot, a long way to go. That one, like I said at the time, it's uh, a similar play to LKE, which has been the market favourite Lake Resources. But yeah, I think ASN. Uh, if you're not in it yet, I think it's still got a way to go um, once the market picks up on everything they've got going on as well. Well, I think that means basically. I can't wait for next week's show. That's going to be great. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Look forward to checking in next week.